0: Welcome to the MS Education podcast series. Thank you for joining me. I'm Nicola Graham, and in each episode, we're going to be joined by an expert to discuss strategies for living well with MS. Today, I'm talking with Andrea Salmon from our education and wellness team here at MS. And we're going to be talking about the issues around sleep for people who have multiple sclerosis. Andrea's been working with MS for 17 years. She started with the organisation as an occupational therapist, and she's worked with a lot of people to explore and manage their fatigue. Andrea knows the importance of getting a good night's sleep, but also the difficulties people with multiple sclerosis often have. So a very warm, warm welcome to you, Andrea.
1: Thanks, Nicola. Thanks for having me today to talk about sleep issues. I, I am aware that sleep disorders are actually an underreported issue for people with MS and they can have a huge impact, particularly in regard to fatigue, which we know can be so debilitating in multiple sclerosis.
0: It's so true. And Andrea, why is it that so many people with MS also have problems with their sleep? Mm.
1: Well, you know, I actually think that a lot of people in the general population have problems with their sleep, and there are a whole lot of reasons why our sleep might be disturbed. And we can get ourselves into really bad routines around our sleep and find that we're not sleeping well. A big part of that can be the additional worry and stress that living with a chronic illness can cause. And currently, I think for a lot of people, there's additional worry and concerns regarding the coronavirus and that would be playing havoc with their sleep. Our young adults can develop poor sleeping patterns by being out late at night and trying to catch up by sleeping in, or by having their phones and computers in their bedrooms, which not only interrupt their sleep, but can interfere with their melatonin cycles. You'd remember when we have our little babies, they don't sleep through the night. So while that's an obvious disturbance, we can find ourselves in a pattern of getting up throughout the night, checking emails, watching TV or playing games on our phone. And that might still happen after the children are now sleeping through. And then there's some people who pop a TV in their bedroom so they can watch a show while they're winding down, but then they fall asleep with the TV on and then wake up later and have to get up or or rouse more fully to turn it off. That's another way our sleep could be disturbed. And it can become a vicious cycle. If we're not sleeping well and struggling to keep awake during the day, we might resort to the extra cup of coffee and it might actually be the impact of caffeine that's causing the problem. And if you add on the top of that some of the MS symptoms people experience that can disturb sleep, it can become even more difficult to manage. So it goes on and on
0: we can definitely get into some bad habits can't we and and i think my my teenager models quite a few of the things you've mentioned
1: absolutely <laughs> can you
0: yeah can you explain then on on top of the issues that you've mentioned uh, what ms symptoms can also add to sleep problems
1: yeah for sure um For people with MS, they can find their sleep is disturbed if they experience pain, for example. It could be really hard for them to get comfortable in bed, or perhaps they experience muscle spasms. And spasms can be really painful and they can wake people up from sleep. We naturally go through cycles of lighter and heavier sleep. We've all heard about the REM sleep as part of our sleep cycle. MS symptoms can more readily wake people where the person without MS might not find the cycles disturbing, if that makes sense. Then there's things like the MS bladder. At various stages of life, we might need to get up to the toilet during the night, but for people with multiple sclerosis, their bladder might mean they're actually getting up three or four or more times a night. Generally, these kinds of symptoms can be managed, but it takes a bit of observation to work out what it is, that's waking us so we can then go and talk to the GP or the neurologist about getting sorted out.
0: Okay, so there's definitely some lifestyle things that we should be considering to help improve our sleep. And it it sounds like we need to get a better handle on on what actually might be disturbing us so we can work out what changes we need to make. Is, Is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. For some people, I think it's pretty obvious. But for others, it can be harder to work out what's having that impact. And it can actually be a number of things. We often suggest that people use a sleep diary. You can get these online and we even have one on our MS website, ms.org.au. People find that completing the diary for a week or two can help them get a sense of what's impacting their sleep because it takes into account what they do during the day as well as what they do during the evening and then what's happening overnight.
0: Okay, so how do our daytime and our evening activities make a difference? Is that just about how busy we are during the day and and then how tired we get?
1: Well, that's certainly part of it. And we certainly need to ensure we're getting some exercise every day as that will really help our sleep patterns except of course if we're trying to exercise too late in the evening, as that can be disturbing to our sleep. But it's also things like ensuring we're getting out into the sunshine, particularly in the mornings, to help dampen our melatonin levels. These levels then need to build up during the day to help us sleep at night. So sunlight in the morning is really helpful. Even remembering to take off our sunglasses on the way to work can make a difference for some people.
0: And that, thats really? actually great for people. Sorry, Andrew, that's great yeah. though with people with um, MS because they get their vitamin D as well.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I do hear, do remember hearing about having our breakfast outside with as little clothing as we're prepared to wear. <laughs> it's starting to get a bit colder though. <laughs> people also though need to consider how close to bedtime they're eating a big meal and maybe think about um, could they bring that meal earlier or even have their bigger meal at lunchtime. I mentioned caffeine before, and this can change over time too. And people need to keep an eye on sneaky caffeine because it's not just in coffee. Tea, chocolate, cola drinks, hot chocolate, all these drinks contain caffeine and they can disturb our sleep. And then in the evenings, we need to be thinking about the things we're doing to help ourselves wind down. When families have little children, they set in place routines so that the children know it's bedtime. Well, this actually works for us even as adults. Our brains like routine. So having a clear wind down routine can be really beneficial. This starts with thinking about what activities we're doing in the evenings, what TV shows or movies or even at the moment news updates we're watching. But it does also include a regular bedtime and routine activities such as some quiet reading with the lighting a bit lower as we're going to bed. The bedroom should only be used for sleep and sex so move the TV out Do the computer work in a different room and pop your mobile phone to charge in a different space. Grab an old fashioned alarm clock so you're not tempted to check emails and social media overnight. And we've learnt heaps more about the blue light emitted from these electronic devices because that can be disturbing to sleep as well. A lot of people actually find writing a journal at the end of the day to be helpful for sleep gives them a chance to reflect on the day but also helps get those revolving thoughts out of their heads and onto paper which can be really helpful and then of course there's making the bedroom as comfortable as possible the right temperature for you with the bed clothes a weight that you find comforting I know in Europe people often have two dunas on the bed so if you're sharing a bed with someone you can each have your preferred weight of bed clothes Maybe some people need an eye mask for the light, or maybe earplugs for the sound. Whole lot of things that they can people can consider.
0: Yeah, I love the idea of really creating that restful environment in your bedroom, and uh, that's definitely something that I uh, could improve on. Um, so, what what happens if you wake up in the night, or or if you have trouble even getting to sleep? Any tips there? Mm.
1: Well, it it is really tricky, and. They say that we should not look at the clock when we wake up in the night. But for me, that's usually the first thing I want to do. I just want to check and see is is it a time that I should be worried about or actually is it really nearly wake-up time anyway? But they tell us that we shouldn't look at the time. It's often the self-talk that comes with that that is what you're wanting to avoid. And that makes a huge difference to how we cope with being awake in the night or even getting off to sleep. Saying to yourself things like, it's okay, I'll sleep better tomorrow versus, oh, this is a disaster. I've got to be up and going in two hours time. That, just that difference in how we frame that wakeful time can be enormous. And it's those wakeful times when it's really handy to have some relaxation or mindfulness techniques up your sleeve. Doing a body scan or some deep breathing can be really helpful. There are a whole range of apps that people can get to guide you through a relaxation technique. Or you might like to find a local course so that you can actually learn the skills and have them on hand when you need them. We do a mindfulness program even at MS Online. So people can learn some skills and have a bit of a repertoire of techniques to use. And then if you find you've been lying awake for a while and sleep just isn't coming, it can be a really good idea to actually get up. Take yourself somewhere where you've already got a blanket and a low light and read something not too stimulating. Don't check the emails, don't watch TV and don't play on your phone. But then when that sleep cycle comes back again, Head back to bed because we know that cycle comes in waves and it can actually be better to get up rather than lying in bed feeling more and more frustrated and still try to get up at a regular time in the morning, even if you haven't slept well. It's all part of the idea of developing a routine.
0: There's some great ideas, Andrea. I know a friend of mine says that when she wakes up in the night and she she does the self-talk thing, um, but if she really can't get back to sleep, she says to herself, if you're not asleep shortly, you're going to have to get up and do the ironing. And she says that always (laughs) does the trick. (laughs) Um, So thank you. Lots of great information and lots of, of really good tips there. And let me just see if I've heard right. We have to make sure we get some really good routines of going to bed and getting up. We shouldn't eat or exercise too close to bedtime and definitely remove distractions from your bedroom so it's a more relaxing environment and we can focus on sleep. So if people have further questions, Andrea, where can they get some more information? Mm. Well,
1: Nicola, there's lots of information on our website. But I'd also say that it's really important for people to make sure their GP and their neurologist know that they're having trouble sleeping. Then put in some of the small changes that we've mentioned. And if it's still a problem, you might actually have to see a sleep specialist and maybe do a sleep study to get a better idea of what's happening and so that the right solutions can be put in place. But if people want to speak to one of our MS nurse advisors, That's just a simple phone call to MS Connect on 1800 042 138 and an appointment can be set up to chat to one of the nurses, which people might feel is a first um, point of call before talking to their GP and neurologist.
0: Andrea, thank you so much for joining us today and I hope that all of our listeners are going to have improved sleep as a, a result of listening to this podcast. Thanks, Andrea.
1: Thanks, Nicola. I just hope that the podcast hasn't actually put them to sleep.
0: (laughs) Maybe it would be great. They could listen to it if they do have problems going to sleep. (laughs) Thanks, Nicola. Thank you. For more information on anything we've covered today, please get in touch with MS Connect on free call 1800 042 138 or email msconnect at ms.org.au. And don't forget to find the MS podcast on your favourite podcast player, such as Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Overcast, or you can access the podcast directly from our website, ms.org.au.